a Shishkin Productions podcast. I thought corporations are people too. Yeah, why mm. is Amazon allowed to sell Xanax and I'm not? Interesting. To my buddies on yeah. the corner. How come Chris has been arrested for selling Xanax six times? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, coughing into that mic, bitch. Who, who, who would have thought a year ago, this time last year, if you coughed into the mic, we would have been scared as hell. And yeah. now we're all vaccinated. Yeah, now it's a it's a bit. It's a gag. Welcome to the Sizzle Reel podcast. That's how we decided to open up wow. this episode. That's right. We're, we're changing we're the rusty. whole format, baby. Yeah. We're changing the whole format. We're opening up with Chris's cough from now on. I w- Every <laughs> single episode. That's how uh, it's going. I had to. I had to manufacture that cough. It was. This was. A, we had to rehearse this like three times. I know. This is take four. <laughs> um, Chris, look. Before we get into everything, what's, right. what's the number? What's the number that they can call us on? Oh crap! Three three two three three three. 4361 that's a sizzle reel hotline and you should call in because sometimes you get awards rewards rewards and awards uh things like going to uh red lobster on our dime that's right that was uh something that we'd planned a long time ago it was our first ever leave a voicemail you get a chance to go to red lobster you don't even get a chance you get to go you get to go and And no one believed us it took a couple weeks to get an entry but then the first person who called in they won. Them and a plus one, plus us, get to go to Red Lobster. And guess what? We're going to Red Lobster right after this podcast. That's exactly it. We decided, you know what? We could record last week, but let's just come in the day before, right before we're about to go to Red Lobster, and yep. just knock it the fuck out. Yeah, and it's totally not because we just kept forgetting to record. Yeah, no, that's that has nothing to do with it at all. <laughs> we did have a crazy busy week, though. We actually just moved offices. That's true. This is uh, this specific pod is being recorded in a room that will only exist for now. It's getting demolished this week yeah. and rebuilt slightly larger. Yeah, I mean, if uh, if we're being real, this is a one of one pod. One of one. This is a one of one. It, pod. It's an it's, it's an NFT basically. It's an NFT. Yeah. It's NFP. Oh, non fungible podcast. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Basically, last week, Chris, we. You know this, but for the people, the people, we move the sizzlers for the sizzlers. We move to a new office. It's a little bit bigger and it has a um, it has a I guess it's its own little like a conference breakout room, conference. studio type thing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we're using that to do pods. Um, and we decided, you know what? It's a little too small. So we're going to have to demolish it. We're going to have to pop it out a little bit. But even outside of the conference room. The studio itself is is nicer. The office itself is nicer, I'd say. It's really cool. And it just like the shape is much better than the old one where we were able to set things up to be really nice and symmetrical. And now there's like a natural den area with the couch and the TV. And like, I don't know, it just feels a whole lot more comfortable. Obviously, there's more room. I'm not busting my knee on the couch all the time. You know, just like small quality of life improvements. I was afraid you were going to tear an ACL in that old office. Yeah, so was I. <laughs> one time, dude, the worst actually was when it got me in the back of the knee one time. Like I, I got a corner of it right in the back of the knee and oh, it's it's no, it's no good. But I mean, hey, I don't have to worry about that anymore. You were limping for, for what? Like at least a few hours after that. Well, yeah. And here's the problem. There was no, there's supposed to be, I think workers comp 
sheets up in the office, oh, and I couldn't, on, I couldn't on, find on, them anywhere. Yep, just for he's joking. They're all over the place. We put them up. They're uh, up. Come on, Chris. Why would everywhere. you joke? With we them? literally actually had an extra one painted as a mural. Yeah, at the office. Just like there's a picture of there's like a, a painting of a Chris holding his knee, <laughs> like Neymar <laughs> rolling around on the floor holding his knee, and then uh, and a referee giving the couch a yellow card. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, it, it's nice though. The new office is it is it is quite lit. Um, at this point, we're only able to utilize about half of it because yeah, like we said, uh, they are going to come demo this room. I think in the next week or two. Yep. And uh, at that point, we're going to be like, please hurry up and rebuild it because we need somewhere to record this pod. Also, half of the office is going to be covered in dust. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. Big upgrade, though. It's yeah. I mean, you know, there's a little bit of work to be done, but that's all right, because we were kind of in a rush, like mm-hmm. kind of got the the rug pulled out from under us last minute and had to scramble. But we were I feel like we were able to find an office that actually is better than the option we were going to go with right. just uh, in terms of it's, it's slightly smaller, but that also means that it's much cheaper and it's still designed in like the perfect way for us for what we're trying to do. Yeah. I'd say it's, it, we ended up kind of lucking out. Mm-hmm. Like we almost w- moved into one that was way too expensive one. Yeah. And probably way too big. It, yeah, it was, it probably was more than what we needed. We would probably have like broken it up into an extra. Maybe we would have built like a photo studio a or photo something. Spot. Yeah. Like yeah. a little white psych or something like that. Exactly. Something that we could rent out or just use to, to bring in that extra income to pit, you know, to make, make it work. Um, but we didn't have to do that and I'm pretty yeah. stoked about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, things are coming along slowly, but surely we, we got a fridge in here now. Um, it's oh, yeah. a shitty plastic fridge, but, but it, it looks like done. it's from the fifties. It looks real nice. Yeah. It, looks, it looks quite nice. It's what, Chris, cool. what are you most excited about in the new office, uh, over, you know, coming up over the next month here? Like, uh, I mean, it's gotta be the podcast studio. I'm just excited so? to see how it gets built out. I'm also excited. I got a couple little, our neighbors, uh, are much better. They grow plants instead of true. So they have a little plant booth right outside in the courtyard area. And it's basically an honor system. You Venmo them or leave them cash and they have a few plants and pots out there and you take what you want. So I got a couple of day one plants. So I'm excited to watch them grow over the course. Watch them grow. It sounded like you're about to bust into song. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I'm a Disney princess. Watch them grow. I'm also excited to get, uh, our internet situation fixed. That has been the one one problem. Dude, don't even get me started on that. That shit was, was too much. Um, what I'm most excited about is, uh, oh, here he is. Look at that. Ben oh, has just entered. the stack cat, the yeet clown. Okay, so that's another thing that I like about this studio is that we can see someone enter the studio and it doesn't get picked up on mic. And here we are. Yeah, like, that was actually pretty impressive because this, yeah. this room isn't completely soundproof, right. but it does a damn good job. Yeah. Like we have the TV on right now in, in the other true. room. Yeah, we left the TV yeah. on. It's Dude. That right there is the biggest, uh, what's it called, sort of um, advantage maybe to having this is that yep. last in the old office when we wanted to record, everyone had to be quiet. Uh-huh. Now, yep. like life can still go on outside of this studio, which is nice. But look, let me get back to what the exciting things. What I'm most excited about in this office is when we have it all, you know, settled, there's no like garbage everywhere and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to have clients in. I want, I oh, can't wait so fun. to have a client in because the way yeah. that we have it set up now, like 
it's a perfect space for a client experience where a client can sit there view what we're doing. We are going to be comfortable. It's, it's, it's all going to be great. You know what I mean? Yeah. We kind of have it set up so that Alexia and I's computers, they're like mirror image, mirror images of each other in corners of the office. And then right in the middle is our big TV for viewing. And we're just going to have a couple HDMI's coming out that we can just plug up and immediately, you know, right into our computer and whatever we're editing, the client yeah. can watch us as we edit without them having to be over our shoulder. Right. And, uh, you know, either of us can do it on any given day. It'll be nice. And honestly, this conference room can also be used for that. If, if we have to have multiple clients in on a day, That's true. one person can be out there. One person's in here as like a little editing, uh, suite. Yeah. What we can do, cause our plan is to put, um, right now, you know, full transparency, this is all getting recorded on a laptop. Uh, we don't yeah. have like I, I bring the laptop in here, record this stuff, then I airdrop it to the iMac mm-hmm. and put it on the server. Yep. But when we do get this room built out, uh, we're going to ex- get the server expanded as well. So we'll actually be able to have a desk with a computer that's dedicated to audio in this studio and it'll be on the server. And it's uh, I mean, when when really things get up and running, it's going to be um hopefully a massive increase in productivity and also just general happiness across the board. Oh yeah. I mean, just even doing this pod right now, like we're not even in our permanent setup, but it just feels so good. Like it's really nice. Now let me ask you, Chris. So moving into a new office, I don't know how many of the sizzlers out here have, I'm sure they've all like moved around. Shout out sizzlers. I'm sure they've all moved around. It's new offices or shown up into environments as freelancers. Um, I always think about, the positioning of desks and computers in an office type environment. Uh, what's in vogue right now, or maybe not right now, but was over the last like five years, five, 10 years is open office spaces where the editors all work together in like a bullpen. Yeah. Long desks where it's like multiple IMACs all just set up and uh, or maybe multiple like old school Mac trash cans. With oh, two yeah. Monitors. True all set up and everyone just in headphones, just clacking away while like everyone just works in one big bullpen. Yeah. I feel like the days of edit suites are pretty much gone when it comes to smaller things like the stuff we do, like digital stuff. Right. I think edit suites exist on commercials and on like actual, yeah, like film, bigger productions. But uh, in our world, it's all those bullpens. What we're trying to do is kind of, not have that, but like, I, I want to give people their privacy when they're working. Yeah. It's just hard to do it in like kind of a, I, yeah, I think we've tried to do it in a way where everyone has their privacy, but it's still an open concept thing where we're all in the same room. Ultimately. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think it's good. I, I personally like the way that we're set up where we're face facing out into the office and our monitors are facing the wall basically. And we just sit, against the wall that always works for me um but i different people feel different ways like when i worked in news everyone worked in the newsroom like there was just one giant room and then like i guess there was a master control room and an engineer's room but like there were 60 people in the room at the same time we'd have like six editors just in one kind of circular area and like, like a like a little I don't know like we a, call like, it like the Star Trek the yeah like where they have that that's deck. that's actually just exactly what it looked like like we called it the horseshoe but it was basically like a hexagonal or like uh-huh. maybe octagonal like it 
you know, it's just designed your station. Yeah. Everyone had a corner of it. And then there was like one or two little breakout ones, you know, on the, on the wall. Um, but like privacy wasn't a big deal there because everyone was just like family. Well, no, you were I, like the Applebee's of news. <laughs> it was just kind of like if you had downtime, no one was going to be mad at you if you're fucking around. But like when when the news was on, like everyone wasn't, you know, all hands on deck mode right, all the course, time. Yeah, so yeah. it didn't matter. Like now, um, you know, we were talking about this the other day, actually. So with the new move, um, I, I hate to derail it, but no, nah, it's sort of related. Good. With the new move for the first, I would say, four hours of being in the new office, I had to switch my workflow where normally all of the stuff I was doing in Premiere was in front of me. Mm-hmm. And then my program monitor and my uh, emails and stuff were on the right. And this, side. Is, this is on a two monitor setup. That this you're is on a about. two monitor setup. Yeah. yeah. I had everything in front of me that I was like clicking around on and the stuff I was looking at, like the program monitor, I have to look every so often, like emails was on the right on a second monitor. Um, I had to flip everything on this new office. Right. So my workspace just got mirrored pretty much. Yeah, I did that yeah. for the first three or four hours of the day. And then I had to switch it completely. I had to move everything around you to just go, go do back it. to normal. I just couldn't do it. My brain was like, I'm not we're not going to flip everything that we do. The, the monitor just it, there was just something about it. Your workspace has to be like just perfect to get the most efficiency out of it. I don't know. It's like for you right in the bullpen or in the news horseshoe. Yeah, you were you had your own station. But if you ever had to jump in on someone else's station, you're probably just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Actually, I mean, what is happening right well, now? Well, the way it was is like everyone had their preferred station. But like I kind of learned to work at the, like there were two main stations that were like I don't know. Those were the two main editors and then everyone else was helping. So those two are running the show. So that's usually where I would sit. And they were each four screen setups with two computers, each with two screens. Jesus. And they were basically mirror images of each other. And like during this time, I learned like I would have two mice. So I would use a left hand mouse and a right hand mouse. What? Uh, Yeah. Like I learned how to because it was just easier for each computer to have its own mouse. Like, you know, like it had to had to be that way. Why would it have to be left and right? Left, I, it didn't. Some, what some, the fuck is a left-handed mouse? I've never even heard of that. They make those? Well, I mean, it was just neutrally shaped. But, like, I used my left hand with it. So, like, I would have... You had to learn how to click left, right click with your, like, left click. You know what I mean? Like, your right click was actually a left click? Is that what that means? I'm just uh, confused about a left-handed mouse. What the, what the hell is that? No, no, no. I just used an extra mouse with my left hand. So, I would have two mice and two keyboards that I would have to worry about. And then, like sometimes I would have to switch my station and then it would be an exact mirror image of each other where the, the inner computer always had like my, uh, my editor on it. And then the outer computers always had the, uh, they called it ENPS, but it was basically the rundown and like all that shit, like all the notes. Exactly. Or like it's a roadmap or whatever. Exactly. So I just had to like it, I don't know. It was just a different mindset every time, depending on the Jeez. on the machine. But like I worked so often that, you know, you just you get good at both. It's like being a switch hitter kind of. That is just insane. I couldn't I couldn't picture doing that. I don't think I have the brain capacity for that. It re- it's really not too difficult because like 
I don't know. You just get used to you get you're forced into it. You don't really have an option. So you just learn it that way. So I will say one other thing that we were trying to figure out. And, you know, I think we probably moved desks around in here for a good like hour trying to figure out how to really position (laughs) stuff properly. Yeah, we literally swapped the same two desks with each other like twice, I think. Yeah. Uh, What um, what gets me, though, is one thing that I was trying to be very cognizant of when we were setting this room up is like to not make it feel like you're ever being watched while you're editing. You know what I mean? Like where like a freelancer doesn't feel like they come in here and the, uh, I guess uh, the managers are like just watching them from across the room, what they're doing. Because I know when I was a freelancer, yeah, I was always very cautious of that. And like, I'd be like, damn, I kind of want to put on like the soccer game just in the background while I'm editing. So like, if something happens, I can look at it. Yeah. And I would, make it really, really tiny, like a tiny little window and put it. So my body was blocking between like me and where the manager was sitting. So they couldn't see it. And I put it in the bottom corner. And it's like, I don't want them to ever have to feel like that. It's like, if look, throw, throw it up in the background. I don't give a fuck as long as you're getting your work done. But, um, my, my goal is to, uh, try to set it up in a way where the freelancers don't ever feel like, uh, you know, Bugs Bunny, where they're like, you ever get the feeling that you're being watched? <laughs> you know what I mean? That type of thing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's okay to have your your screen kind of exposed to anyone who walks by. But as long as someone's not like someone's desk isn't positioned in a way that they're always looking at you, then I think it's all right. We here at the company will not be practicing corporate surveillance or uh, anything of that nature. What's it called? Like when productivity surveillance, perhaps? Yeah, that's you know, sounds... like there's companies who fucking do that. Yeah, of course. That's of course. crazy. Like, uh, that's got to be so demeaning for those those demoralizing for those workers. Yeah, dude. It's like it's such a slap in the face. It's like, oh well, uh, I don't think you can get your job done if you're not moving the mouse around for seven out of the eight hours or something like that. It's like, dude. They're adults. Let them work. Like, yeah. Let them do what they do. Well, like, and let them work at their own pace because that's kind of all the science basically says that you're only going to get so much productivity out of someone in a week. You, you know, have you ever seen those? Uh, I saw this one on TikTok once where someone like attached. They had an oscillating fan and they just like somehow attached like a, a yardstick or something to the mouse and tied it and just had it just like <laughs> moving back and forth like that to try to circumvent that. I don't. I guess like that's just a little fucked up to me. That's the fact that companies are like, yeah, work from home. And then they bring like a company issued laptop into their house. And then that laptop is surveilled by the corporation yeah, from that's, far away to make sure that like the person is, is working. I don't know. That's so it's, it's just not all right to spy on me like that. It's in my fucking own home. weird that so many people, though, are like such a like corporate sheep that they're just like, no, it's cool. I get it. Like th- they do it for this it, for this reason. Yeah. The activity. It's like, yeah, we won't make money otherwise. And it's so like, you, no, like you, you make the same amount of money no matter what. So that's why I'm pushing for people to go back to the office. I know that everyone's like, uh, oh, we're going to be remote forever. It's like, no, no, let's go back to the office because these companies need to stay out of your fucking house. Yeah. Your work needs to stay yeah. out of your house. Your house needs to be a sanctuary. You know what I mean? Like for me, this podcast studio is my sanctuary. Yeah. When I go in here, I'm like, thank God the manager's not watching me work. (laughs) You are the manager. I'm not the manager. You're Mr. Manager. Matt King is the manager in many ways. Oh, yeah. Well, he's the client. Yeah. You you know what? Um, You're my client. I got to be honest with you. I actually have been surveilling your computer for the last uh, two years. Yeah? Yeah. How many times have I, uh, how much time have I spent on Reddit? 
tons. Yeah. It's but you know what? I think it's you're, probably mostly you're, YouTube. You're learning, which is cool. Yeah. So I'm not really learning. Yeah, you're learning about stuff that's not uh, video related. So yeah, that is a bit problematic. To be fair, I, I do actually spend a lot of time in that editor subreddit. We did do that editor subreddit uh, episode. What's well, coming up next week? Where we're digging back in next week? Oh yeah, I call it crashing the boards. Hey, yeah. okay. Basketball, well, hockey. basketball, oh, okay. hockey, okay. all of the above. Really? Yeah, I, mean, I guess I was thinking crashing that. That's my bad. Even message boards. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, Chris, you know what's happening here in. After the second segment, you know what's happening, right? Uh, no. We're going no. to Red Lobster. Oh, yeah, we are. So tell me, what are your quick quick thoughts on Red Lobster? What are you, uh, I'm what are you most excited for? Oh, the Cheddar Bay Biscuits. It you has to be. Excited for the biscuits? Yeah, yeah. Did you eat before? Or are you like... You were like, man, I'm not. I'm gonna fast for three days. No, and then go to this Rego Park Red Lobster. Well, yesterday, yesterday I didn't eat anything at all all day until like midnight or twelve thirty. I got thirty dollars worth of Taco Bell off of Seamless. Legend. Yeah. Um, it was actually it was very frustrating because he delivered the wrong thing to me, and then I had to like, oh no, yeah, don't cry about it. Yeah. I'm here for you, bro. It's just, it's a good thing he called me when he did because I was about to open the thing that he delivered wrong. And I was like, fuck it. This is what's given to me. I'm eating now. I haven't eaten today. Yeah. And uh, then I woke up and I was mad hungry still because wow. that's all I ate yesterday. So, so you're ready for red lobsters. What you're trying to tell me. Yeah, basically. You're going to get the endless shrimp. I haven't looked at their menu. I don't know what they have. Like I've been to red lobster many times. I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. That's <laughs> fine dining in, in Jacksonville, Florida. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, maybe, maybe steak and shrimp, maybe, steak and shrimp. maybe steak and shrimp, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe a lobster bisque. Who knows? Cause I, you know, I could dip the cheddar bay biscuits in there. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's kind of the way to do it. I think I'm, I'm going to definitely get the biscuits and, uh, I'm probably going to get a little shrimp thing. Our, our second guest has arrived the yeah. plus one who won the red lobster trip. So he just walked in as well. Maybe when we get to the top of the second segment here, we'll let them each say what's up on Mike. Okay. Yeah, that'd you be know, great. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good move, right? All right. Well, in that case, let's take a quick break and then we're going to come back for the uh, second segment. And honestly, we'll probably yeah, get out be, of here. It'll be a short it'll one. Be, this is going to be a short episode, guys. Yeah. So I apologize. But, you know, it's a fucking rainy Memorial Day where it's like 50 degrees and the shit yeah. makes me hate summer. So right we're now. going to Red Lobster, but we're also supposed to go to a Mets game afterward. That's part of that was part of the offer. And Jesus. the Mets game is probably going to get rained out or even if it doesn't, it's just going to be a bad time. So yeah, we'll, we'll, I'm not we'll trying see. to sit outside in 50 nah. degree weather, but yeah, we'll be right back. All right. All right. Chris, you ever heard of Smells Like? Smells Like? Yeah, Smells Like. They're a Brooklyn-based candle company, and they're taking the world by storm. Are they storming the Capitol? They're not storming the Capitol, but they may be storming your living room with their candles. All you got to do is go to SmellsLikeBK.com, type in the code SIZZLE, and you're going to get 20% off. Damn, 20%? 20% off. That's a deal. These are some fucking sick candles, too. I would even go as far as saying they're fucking lit. Fucking lit? Yeah, and that's because that was their flagship scent that they developed last year. Fucking Lit is probably my favorite scent from them, and it contains tobacco, whiskey, sandalwood, white cedar. You're going to get all of that just from Fucking Lit. That is Fucking Lit. Go get it at SmellsLikeBK.com. Use the code SIZZLE. Welcome back, Sizzlers. We have a really special treat for you. Very special, as promised, right before the break. We got the winner, the winner, winner chicken dinner of the Red Lobster Lobster Dinner. Ben Whitner. What's up, Ben? Welcome to the pod. P-Dubs. What's up? What's up? Happy to be here. Dude, we're excited to have you. Ben is, uh, he he had the position 
at some point as a super fan, right? Super fan number one, would you say, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Also our number one critic. Number one critic. That's for goddamn sure. Actually, as a matter of fact, we're going to roll that voice note that he left us. Come on, make this better, guys. Yeah, I know you can do better than this. I definitely did not intend that message to sound as uh, critical as it did. You know, it was all, all in jest. I wasn't sure. even thinking about the message. I was thinking about the one time you, you walked into the office and immediately told us how it could be better. I think, I, I, was it a read or was it an episode? Do you remember? I don't know. Uh, again, you know, all, all meant in good fun. Maybe it was you, the voicemail itself. It was the voicemail. That's what it was. You're shitting on the actual voice message. Yeah, he was. Um, we, we originally had a different a different little uh, kind of what's it called? Leave a message type message. And uh, I don't even remember what ben it was is. just not fucking with it. He yeah. he lo- he it was just like incredibly rude what he said to us. I know yeah, no, sure no, you guys like, just heard it. We just played it. <laughs> but it I w- think it's fair. I mean, to expect high standards of comedy coming from us. You know, Ben's just trying to hold us accountable, which is very cool. I mean, I, I, I dig that. So, Ben, um, you didn't think uh, you were telling me before the pod that you, when you made the call, you didn't think that it was real. You didn't think you were actually going to go to Red Lobster, did you? Uh, no, I fully thought it was just kind of like a joke for the podcast. So not a joke. We 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 don't lie on this podcast. Like when when we offer something, we're we're gonna fulfill it. Well, I I appreciate that. You know, I was trying to hold you guys accountable, may it keep keep you honest, so to speak. <laughs> but uh, what are you? What is? What are you most excited about for Red Lobster? Is there anything in particular that you've just been for the last? Because this we you won this a few months ago. Finally, it's coming to fruition. Is there anything you've just been looking forward to the last two months, three months? You've been like, ah, oh, can't wait to eat those biscuits or something like that. Oh, it's it's definitely the Cheddar Bay biscuits. It's got to be. That's what 100%, I said. Dude. Oh. I mean, I haven't been to a Red Lobster in easily like 10 years or so. Wow. So like definitely the biscuits for sure. Well, we're excited to uh, to have you and um, we're happy that you're going to, you know, come come join us and, and have a grand old time. The baseball game might get rained out, but at least we will eat some Cheddar Bay biscuits. I mean, and that's that that was the ultimate goal. The baseball game. That's just gravy. It's, it's all about Red Lobster, though. Hell yeah. All right, Ben, thank you for joining us. That was Ben Whitner, the winner. Hey, you can't spell Whitner without winner. And he was the winner. That's true. Wow. I didn't think about it like that. Um, Chris, let's just get back to real life real quick. Amazon, they did it again. Oops. The consolidation of media is happening right before our very eyes. They are conglomerates. Very quietly. It's just, it's uh, new conglomerates, at least, you know. Yeah. Amazon bought... um, Metro M- Goldwin M- Mayor M- Meyer? Meyer? Mayor Meyer Meyer. Oh, that's what I usually say about my accountant. I'm like Mayor Meyer. What's his name? I don't know. All I can't remember his name ever. Um, yeah, they bought MGM. And uh, how much was it? Like eight, it was eight billion dollars. That's crazy. Well, and then there is the thing. I don't know if we do we talk about that on the pod where AT and T was uh, letting Warner Media go to Discovery. So I like, no, it's, I didn't it's like all that. of these giant things are happening. And well, it's just and Verizon like, just sold off part of their like Verizon media thing, didn't they? I think so. Yeah. yeah, it's all it's all it's all moving around. And it's weird also because like companies like DraftKings and uh, Bally Sports. Bally, Bally are starting to yeah, do live the, sports stuff. Now. Yeah, they're trying to get into the, the media game. And it's like it's so interesting how some of the old giants are leaving and all these different businesses like Amazon and, right. and DraftKings there are they're moving into the media space. Amazon is crazy because they uh, 
you know, the, lest we forget, they also own Whole Foods. You know oh, yeah, what I mean? that's so right. it's like well, and now they're trying to get into into like pharmaceuticals. I think, of course, like, they are. like not not uh, not creating manufacturing, them. but distributing. Exactly, probably. exactly. Yeah. You know, you. I wonder if they would get arrested for distribution of uh, narcotics no, and stuff like that. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. Companies can't get arrested, but people can. Yeah, just because I, corpor- s- I thought corporations are people too. Yeah, why hmm. is Amazon allowed to sell Xanax and I'm not to my buddies on yeah. the corner? How come Chris has been arrested for selling Xanax six times? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. That's, that is, no, that's I've slanderous. only been arrested. I've only been arrested for marijuana possession. Six times. No, I'm just, <laughs> no, just, that's also just, just twice. False. Um, no, but I mean, whatever. Like, it it happens. I don't know. I guess it's gonna take some like serious regulation for anything to happen. But um, it's like the big the big fish are just snapping up all the the little fish, and or they're like asking little fish to team up with them, that kind of thing. I don't know. Well, it's interesting. Like, I mean, how. How relevant is MGM right now? I mean, they still I think the biggest thing that came with MGM was the Bond franchise. Exactly. But I think I'm also reading that they don't own all of the Bond for all of the rights to that franchise. Right. But I think I guess what they're going to try to do is they've also got like Tomb Raider, Adam's Family stuff, Real Housewives, Hand- Fargo. Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. And they're, they're going to try to like reimagine some of these titles and do like maybe it's spinoffs or remakes or, you know, just things that are in that same world i guess see i'm so anti-amazon that like i don't really know how uh how like strong their offerings are on a media front i again i think i've said this on the pod before the only thing i've ever watched on amazon was back in like 2012 maybe 2013 when they first did those pilots those very very first pilots I remember watching those because we, oh, we, we had a friend. friend. We had a friend who was in one. He was yeah. in the Zombieland pilot. That's right. And I remember watching all of those pilots because I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Amazon's mm-hmm. getting into television. Yeah. Then I stopped. I never watched a single thing. So I don't know what is on Amazon now. Do people use it? I feel like most people, again, I'm out of touch, but I feel like most people probably go to, you know, Netflix or HBO over Amazon. But again, yeah. could be, I could be wrong. I feel like uh, Amazon's offerings like their in-studio stuff have not been very successful or like noteworthy and even at just amazon prime video in general it's just the only reason to have it is because you already have amazon prime like i don't think it offers anything special i think they're they're like big prime original is jack ryan with uh uh the guy from the office uh, john krasinski krasinski yeah yeah i I've never, uh, never even heard of it. Like that's how, but again, like I said, I'm out of touch. I watch sports mostly. And then I read like media news. So I don't actually know what happens. Yeah. Um, But speaking of, uh, sports and and media news, that Bally sports thing you brought up, that's actually very interesting. So yeah, Bally known for being a, I guess, like a casino company or like a a gambling, gambling, yeah, sports book or whatever they bought. It, it seemed like it happened like overnight. It definitely didn't happen overnight, but it seemed like it just happened overnight. All of the all of them changed. It was the Fox. Was it not the Fox Sports like regional networks? Yeah, all like came Valley. Yeah, or Fox Sun or what was it? Yeah, maybe Sun it was Fox, Sports, Sun Sports, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Sun Sports became Fox Sports, and then it became and so Bally, Bally at, now at the end of March, a, a gambling company. Yeah, now basically owns local media rights. I'm assuming for like all of these. Uh, Sports teams, right? So if you want to watch, for example, the Phoenix Suns play the Dallas Mavericks during the regular season, 
and it's not on national TV, it's going to be on a Bally network. Yep. Which is kind of crazy because that's a, that's a, that's a big step in a traditional media. Um, it's a tradition. It's a more traditional media move from like a gambling company. Whereas you see all these other gambling companies, like you said, DraftKings, FanDuel, even the game day who we do some work oh, yeah. for. Yeah. Um, they focus more on digital. It seems, sure. but, uh, I don't know. You think that's going to, I haven't done any research on this, but like, do you think FanDuel and, and DraftKings are I can't somehow remember. aligned with any like big companies like ESPN and stuff? They must be right. I can't, I can't remember what FanDuel is doing. So what DraftKings just did is like, Dan Lemitard, he broke off from ESPN earlier this year and they're creating their own like media network called Metal Arc Media. He's doing it with John Skipper, the former CEO of ESPN. And they've been like a free agent for the last few months looking for investors. And DraftKings is going to be their investor at $50 million to basically Jesus. run like to start a media company. So like they're and they're like they're coming at it from like all sorts of content, but mostly digital audio is what it seems like. Like okay. they already have a podcast network. That's their starting point. I'm sure they're going to try to get into some TV stuff. And like, I think they're trying to just create content and sell it to other companies as well. Right. So I'm not sure exactly how that's maybe like, gonna... maybe like a bleacher report type thing. Yeah. Maybe you know something I mean? like that. And then eventually what's going to happen is as always, whatever they start up is eventually going to get bought by like ESPN or something. And yep. then you're like, Oh, cool. That yep. was that full circle. This is DraftKings you're talking about. Yeah. DraftKings did this. That's interesting because so there is this one kind of, I guess, influencer, I would say sure. internet personality. His name is Rob Perez. goes by worldwide Wob on uh, oh, Twitter. Yeah, I know him. Yeah. So worldwide Wob, he just did a deal last year, I think in August with FanDuel. So he is like a, he's now, he does makes content, I guess, for FanDuel, and it's just uh, it's just interesting because it's it's almost like th- that seems more like a you know current forward thinking move to do deals like that with internet personalities, influencers who are big in the sports space with media personalities, whatever, going directly to that. I feel like Bally getting all these regional networks. You're like, well, I guess that's cool, but. How much longer, like how much money are you really making off of that? I don't know. I mean, it's sports gambling. There's massive amounts of money. And I think at least part of it is just uh, just to get the public on your side where like it's normalizing sports gambling where, I mean, more and more states are are legalizing it. And I mean, if it if it's acceptable, if like every single sport you watch is always advertising DraftKings or FanDuel stuff and like they encourage in-game betting and shit like that then like it's just going to get more money being bet like you know it's just interesting that they're expanding into creating media because you know gambling has been like gambling like that has been legal and acceptable in in England for example for a, a while um when it comes to gambling on soccer and stuff like that and uh you know I don't again I don't live over there so I don't know but I don't think like William Hill have like a TV channel, you know what I mean? But maybe, the, I mean, I guess England's regulations are a little different when it comes to television. But I, I think it's uh, it's just it's just going to be crazy that like, who knows, maybe in five years, the sports landscape will be completely dominated by gambling. It already I think I think it's moving that way. It always has been, but it's always been like this little underbelly where like, you know, ESPN, I remember back in the day would like do segments on sports gambling, but then like not acknowledge that that's what that is you know they would be like oh 
still like shame on gambling. Like yeah, you shouldn't exactly. do it. But I think they I'll I'll take the over. Well, and <laughs> that's like what? Well, like, I think and that's part of what I mean by like normalizing gambling and getting the the public perception in your favor is if you if you kind of own that media, then you can push that narrative and like you can encourage it. Are you into gambling into sports gambling? Not really. The uh, the only gambling I do is fantasy football and that's like kind of an an educated gamble in a way, you know, it's not yeah. I guess all sports gambling is educated gambling. I don't know. I, I think I might start it if New York makes it legal. It's legal in New Jersey, you know, just across yeah. across the way. So I could realistically make it happen. But I I don't know. Gambling just never appealed to me in that same way. Mm. It's different with sports. If I, you know, there's some I'm thinking about like doing it with hockey and like, you know, some teams that I actually follow really closely and taking like you know, total points, overs and shit like that. But I would only do it on such small amounts that it's probably not even worth it. I've, I have a friend who, a few friends who do a lot of that stuff. And um, it's just, it's never appealed to me. I think it's fun every once in a while to like, you know, make a, a bet on a game or something like that. If it's a big game or like, and just, just among friends, you know, I'm not yeah. like out here. Going well, I mean, to sports book uh, Alexi and I right now, we have an ongoing bet That's for true. the NBA playoffs that the Nets will, will reach the finals. Yeah. Uh, if the Nets reach the finals, I owe Chris a hundred bucks. Yep. If the Nets do not reach the finals, he owes me a hundred bucks. Yep. And that's like the biggest, like actual gamble I've ever done in, in sports. I will say we made that bet for every, for anyone out there who actually likes basketball, who hears this and is criticizing me. We made that bet before, before the James Harden trade. Yeah. And I was like with Durant and Kyrie, they're not going to do it now. It's like, I could totally see them getting there, but fuck them. I don't like them. So, uh, the nets are, are lame. They're a plastic team. They suck. Um, Nick's gang. I'm just kidding. I'm a Blazers fan. We're also going to lose. Um, so <laughs> I'm a Heat fan. We just got swept. We're um we are we do work for the game day, right? So that's our closest thing professionally that we do. Yeah, that relates to that world of sports, uh, sports betting, uh, gambling media, whatever. Now the content we do so far is not gambling based, though. Right, and so that leads me into what I was going to ask you. Uh, do you think that? In because look, I'd say our relationship with them is pretty solid. We've been doing good work and yeah. everything is, is simpatico, right? Yeah. I think that as this year goes on, maybe we'll end up having to do stuff that has to do with gambling. Maybe I like think so. when football starts up, we might do a fantasy football show, right? We'd have to pitch it to them, obviously, but maybe that's something that we start to explore. You know yeah, I, mean? I think I think we can guarantee a little bit of extra work because like pretty soon we're going to have to start pitching them on some new stuff and they're already a gambling company. So it's going to be easy to pitch them on gambling stuff. So maybe we pitch them on a, pa- a podcast, a podcast, a podcast. Maybe we pitch them on a podcast. Um, Shane, uh, we could do that. I wouldn't want to be the talent for it. That's for sure. No, no. I mean, we'd probably, we'd get like actual talent. Like yeah. I think what we would do is just record it and, and edit it and like, you know, produce, I think we produce could do that. It. Yeah. But we wouldn't be on mic. We would get like, people who know what the fuck they're talking about yeah i think that'd be cool i know they already have like a daily youtube show um but i i I think that we could also pitch them on some like kind of like the transfer track or just some small motion graphics based based you know like prop bets for a day or you know like shit like that that's true yeah but i think that type of stuff though they would be very likely to do in-house like that's true because that's not hard they just need to build a template and then they're good to go yeah um there's no need to outsource it for and it doesn't make sense for us because it's probably not enough money to have to deal with it every week but the podcast i think they would love to do a podcast if they don't already i need to do some research maybe they already do they might they might they're they're a hard 
company to research, to be honest, because they're based in Malta. Surprise, yeah. surprise. Yeah, gambling companies. They're uh, they're 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 tough. They have to they have to. But it's because it's because of the way the regulations are in America. Yeah, if they yeah. could base themselves here. They would, I'm sure. Yeah, or, I'm, not, I'm not speaking specifically about game. Day, I'm speaking about all gambling companies like they have to do things a little bit differently yeah. because the America is uh, in the dark ages still when it comes to that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I don't think there really is an argument against gambling other than a moral argument. I say moral in quotes. See, I don't even think that I have no issue with it morally. I just think that it can really fuck up people's lives. Like that's true. But I mean, as can any addiction, you know, I know, I know I get it, but it's like, I don't know. It's just, a, it's, it's weird. It's different. It's, uh, it's just so easy to throw away all your money and, and that's that I throw away all my money every day. That's true. I just don't, it's not on gambling. It's just like on fast food and shit like that. Oh, um, I, th- I thought you just like put it right in the dumpster. <laughs> I just, I, just I, go I to the bill, take out a bunch of fresh twenties. Yep. Right. In the, <laughs> just put right them in, in a trash. bucket and yeah. then I like go and then I get, and then I get a ticket cause I like put it in the wrong dumpster or something <laughs> like that. Um, Chris, one last thing I want to touch on before we get out of here. Uh, Oklahoma is trying to be the next epicenter of film production. This is an article from nofilmschool.com. But Oklahoma are trying to create, um, what what would you call them? Uh, Incentives. Yeah. They are tax-based incentives, I guess. So, you know, currently a lot of, we we all know that Atlanta has their, Georgia, I should say, has them. Um, Michigan has them. I think Canada has incentives. Obviously, yep. there's the made in New York type stuff. Yeah. Um, but now Oklahoma's trying to join the fold. Um, you know, I personally, I don't love it just because I think Oklahoma is a pretty backward state for the most part. And you just don't want them getting money. Is it's that what weird you're because, like, I mean, then I mean, it's good for the people in that state, right? But like, I don't want any sort of production to start moving to Oklahoma. Cause but I think by, by getting production to come to Oklahoma, you're bringing in generally a more progressive industry. So actually it's I guess good for Oklahoma to bring production there. You know, if that's your, if that's your take, if, if you're saying like the reason you don't want it is because Oklahoma's backwards. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. Who, I knows just don't, where, who knows where that money's going, how it gets spent. I don't know that shit. Yeah, I, I just don't know how much it's really going to bring and really change the the area. What I what I like about it is that, like, it, it is a whole different type of geography. It I is. Mean, like, yeah. So you can get some really cool stuff. And the incentives are um, even higher, I think, if you film in more, like, rural uh, counties. So if you're outside of you know, Oklahoma city and stuff I mean, that, outside of Tulsa. That's you, cool. If that money actually ends up in those communities, but I don't know. I don't know how much of it is like how much, how much local hiring are they really going to be doing? They're going to be bringing people, right? Uh, that's a good point. They're going to be yeah. hiring crews and, and, you know, bringing them to Oklahoma. Yeah. They'll be spending money in the communities, I guess, but it's not the same. Like a, a high budget production isn't just going to hire a bunch of people in Oklahoma who probably don't have that kind of production experience. But yeah. I guess I guess you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, I mean, you got to start somewhere, and because yeah, that's, I was gonna say because like it, Georgia, right? Just I'm taking Georgia as an example. Yeah, I think it's a good I, one. I bet before the film incentives, they didn't have much local stuff going on. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I mean, bet, maybe I bet they now did. They I don't have, know. They probably have quite a few companies based there now. I mean, I think Oklahoma's got probably has more, you know, more um, of a crew like local crew than you'd think like i'm looking at the okfilmmusic.org okay website 
right now and their production directory seems pretty robust you're probably not going to get the exact same things you get in LA in terms yeah. of having options but or New York for that matter but i bet you they have a few big studios there are a few they have like a handful of people yeah. who it's their bread and butter and they do that job really well. Yeah. And so those people are going to get more work, which is tight because with them getting more work, then they'll, they'll have overflow. They'll bring in other people. I think it's a win for the state. I think it's cool. Um, I, I love I definitely seeing, think it's a win for the state. Yeah. I love seeing like films get made projects, get made in places where you don't think they would get made. We have friends who run a company called Voyager new, new neighbors in a way. There's a couple yeah. blocks away at this point, but they screened a film uh, a few years ago. They used to do screenings before COVID and it was filmed in Mississippi or in Alabama or something like that. I think it was in Mississippi. And um, it was just crazy to, to see it. Cause it was like, there was, it was set and it wasn't set in an abandoned gas station, but there was a few scenes with an abandoned gas station that they filmed or something like that. And just everything that they filmed in those scenes, it was like, this is a cool environment. This isn't something that you can get in New York city. You know what I mean? And even if you do go upstate or go out to long Island, sure. Or Jersey, you can Pennsylvania, you could find that abandoned gas station, but you're not going to get the feel of like the deep South in it. You're just not going to get it. So it's cool that like Oklahoma is now going to give you that. If you want the feel of the Midwest, if you want to, or if you, the is that the Midwest? If you want to see the wind running through the plains or whatever, (laughs) right? Sweeping. I think, uh, yeah, I guess. And, you know, maybe there will be some projects where people, they straight up start the idea in mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Like they create yeah. it for a production in Oklahoma. Right. And, uh, you know, base it around the, the locale. Yeah. So, I mean, should we should we break the news to the Sizzlers? <sighs> yep. We're we're moving. We're moving Again. to Oklahoma we're next moving week. To Oklahoma. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to start a long term production, a. 12 or 14 month production we're making a feature film in oklahoma it's it's gonna be great it's yeah. actually it's a musical do you want to tell them what it's about uh no i don't we? okay we'll keep the lid on it for now yeah but maybe that's on our patreon keep an eye out on the patreon you're getting a feature length musical about oklahoma written by us produced <laughs> by us it has nothing to do with the actual uh. oklahoma musical um, Chris, where can they find us? What's what's up? Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Sizzle Real Gang. Yes. Uh, you can call the hotline. Yeah. 332-333-4361. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll end up at a Red Lobster. Who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. even Olive Garden. You could. Um, And then if you want to follow us on TikTok, Shishkin Productions, we haven't posted stuff there in a long time. Though. Yeah. It, we've it's just been, been a busy, busy few months. Yeah. Sizz- but, um, Sizzle Real Gang at gmail.com. Send us an email. Why not? We would love that. Yeah. That would be amazing. And then if you want to visit Chris, his address is a that's apartment 3m yep that's it that's where he lives yep all right guys we'll see you outside of chris's front door sometime this week yep and if we don't show up whenever next week later Hey, Alexi, let me ask you. Mm. You make a mean cocktail or no? I'm pretty bad at making cocktails. One time I tried to have a Kahlua party and everyone brought over a bunch of Kahlua and it was way too sweet and we did not have a good time. (laughs) 
Did you mix anything with it? I don't know what we were thinking, but you know what we should have done? We should have gotten some Wandering Barman. Oh, dude, you should have gotten the FOMO. The FOMO? Yeah, it's a vodka pineapple sling from Wandering Barman. Oh, so you can just like shake it up in the bottle, open it, and boom, you have a cocktail ready to go. Exactly, and it's so delicious. Where can I find it? Just go to wanderingbarman.com, click on locations, and it'll tell you bars, liquor stores, and anywhere else that you can find them. Oh, wow, Wandering Barman. Yeah, Wandering Barman. Shishkin Productions Podcast.